Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrency production is exclusively for informational purposes. everybody to another edition of Cryptocurrents Aftershock. My name is Stephen Miller. And of course, this is the show where we give you the latest and greatest in the world of Web3. Every single week on Wednesdays, we bring you this show only because we want to keep you informed and up to date on what's going on in the world of crypto. If you are a brand new um, follower or you've just discovered us for the very first time, please do us a favor. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show over on YouTube or following wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We are going to jump right in this week. Normally, I'm joined by my co-host, Richard Carthon, but he is on a well-deserved vacation this week. So we're going to jump right into things with this week's Aftershock news. Let's get it. The Aftershock. So in the Aftershock this week, we've got two different segments for you. We have the Web3 Lightning Round, where we're going to cover everything in traditional crypto. And then we're going to jump into last week in the metaverse. So let's get things started. This week in the lightning round, of course, you're very well aware by now, we are still dealing with some very bearish conditions in the market. Um, I believe it was on Monday that we had a little bit of a peak up in both Bitcoin volume and Ethereum volume showing a little bit of a sign of life. But I think that might be because of our first story. So Michael Saylor announced that he is planning on buying more Bitcoin right at this level. Um, This should not be coming as any type of surprise to you. Because we've told you over the last couple months that Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy are buying a ton of Bitcoin and they continue to dollar cost average in. It's good news for the overall crypto landscape. But I think that this is just, in my opinion, a little bit more of a bull trap. Um, So let's keep grinding on in the news. This is actually pretty bullish. So when we're talking about the big payment giants, you would typically think of Visa, Discover, MasterCard, right? Well, MasterCard has announced they're officially working with Consensus on an Ethereum scaling solution. So this means that they're going to start moving their own payment infrastructure over onto Ethereum at a layer two to help with their transaction throughput. Pretty exciting stuff. I look forward to seeing how this one develops. But it could mean that we will have another layer two on the Ethereum blockchain due very soon. Next up, you may have heard of Ripple. They're currently still dealing with an SEC lawsuit, unfortunately, but we believe that that will be resolved before the end of this year. Now, if it is resolved by the end of this year, CEO of Ripple, uh, Brad Garlinghouse, has announced that they plan on exploring an initial public offering following the conclusion of the lawsuit. This is really big news because we've not gotten official confirmation of this just yet, but now we have. So up until this point, it's been rumored, but now we have gotten confirmation. Now, granted, I don't believe that Brad would have come out with this type of news 
if it was anything other than guaranteed that they were going to win this lawsuit. So I just look forward to the day when I get to report to you here at home exactly what the details are of their settlement. Because I'm pretty confident at this point that Ripple is going to walk away from this case scot-free. Now, Coinbase Wallet. They've been making massive moves over the last couple of weeks. And this story just adds to that bullishness. So Coinbase Wallet has announced, announced that they've added integrated support for both Binance Chain and Avalanche. Now, there was whispers of Avalanche integration coming, but the fact that they're actually open to allowing their customers to start operating through Coinbase Wallet on Binance Chain is a really big deal. This is actually their first um, cross-competitor integration so far, despite currently... I believe on their exchange selling KCS, which is the KuCoin community token. So I am curious to see how this one plays out. But I do think it is very good for the space that we're seeing more collaboration as opposed to exclusively competition. Next up, we have Brave Browser. So this is a custom Web3 browser that's built out, well, not outside of, but using the Chrome browser. So it's a modified version of the Chrome browser that's meant to allow you to have access to Web3 and a little bit better security. Well, Brave Browser has added support for Solana and Ramp wallet functionality. So this is a really big deal if you are into the Solana ecosystem, you like trading your NFTs over on Magic Eden, and you like you know using the on and off ramp that is Ramp wallet. Um, I personally think this is really big bullish news, but I want to see more browsers continuing to push this envelope and getting more integration for our users. In the next and final story in the Web3 Lightning Round this week, we have news from MetaMask announcing that they're officially partnering with a group called Asset Reality. Now, you may be wondering, what in the world is Asset Reality? Well, they're officially a solution that is here to help you recover stolen tokens and NFTs. Now, I always stress on this show, Security and safety are probably the two biggest priorities that you need to be concerned with as you go into Web3. Even if you've been in Web3 for years, you need to care about safety and security. And this is just another way that MetaMask is starting to protect people who have given them essentially patronage. Because this massive user base that utilizes MetaMask wants more protection and this is their way of giving it to them. So you're going to now, as a MetaMask user, have access to a service directly that can help you recover anything that is stolen or hacked from your wallet. I think it's super bullish, but I'm looking forward to seeing how this one plays out over time. Let's jump into last week's... Oh, actually, I'm sorry. We did have one other story in the Web3 Lightning Round this week. And this actually may be the biggest story of them all. Um, so Vitalik Buterin, who is the founder of Ethereum, has shared his vision for what he calls soulbound NFTs. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Soulbound sounds a little bit nerdy. And let me reassure you, it is absolutely nerdy. Um, soulbound comes from World of Warcraft, according to Vitalik. I personally am not that big of a nerd that I've played World of Warcraft. But I'm not here to nerd shame you if you do play World of, Warca World of Warcraft. Excuse me. Soulbound is basically referring to the idea that these NFTs are going to be ones that can be bound to your wallet, meaning that over time, they can update in a dynamic fashion. But as soon as they are transferred into your wallet, and they're in your custody, they no longer can be transferred out. So how does this play out? 
it plays out for people who are looking for, you know, more convenient access to certificates, grades, medical records, personal identity. Um, all of that stuff really does need to have a place here on the blockchain. And this is one way that they can deliver on it. So I'm personally really excited to see how this rolls out. Vitalik says that this proposed soulbound NFT um, addition to the Ethereum protocol could come as soon as Q4 of this year. Now we get to move forward into last week in the metaverse. So let's catch up on metaverse activities and all things NFTs. Avalanche Labs, that's the group behind the Avalanche blockchain. They've submitted a subnet proposal for ApeCoin DAO's metaverse migration. Now, this was a huge hubbub right after the entire other deed land sale went down. And everybody was saying, you know, they need their own chain because clearly there's just throughput problems on Ethereum. I still call hogwash, but whatever. So they are right now proposing that they're going to move the entire ApeCoin ecosystem over to Avalanche. Really interesting stuff, but I got to tell you, I think that this is actually not the real headline here. I think we're going to find over the course of the next year to year and a half that the real track that's been laid for this ApeCoin and all of the other side and all that fun stuff within the Ape ecosystem it's going to end up being multi-chain because it has to be. They want this thing to be immense. They want it to be like the number one metaverse for you to go to and for you to transact in and play in. The only way that's really accomplished at scale is by going multi-chain. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one plays, but I have a feeling that it's just going to be the very first in terms of other networks reaching out to ApeCoin. Next, we have a number of trends that are currently defying the down market. Now, let me get a little drink of water before I jump too far in here, because this is one of the things that I really wanted to talk about this week. It is no secret that when the rest of crypto takes a little bit of a hit and things start going into a bearish momentum, the NFT market falls off. And when it does, it typically falls pretty hard. But these trends are starting to play out a little bit differently. We're starting to see a peak into airdrop season and freemint season. And I think that you're also going to see a little bit of partnership season coming here soon. So let's start out at the top. The biggest airdrop story of the last week was Moonbird's airdropping Oddities to its holders. Now, Oddities were a project that was basically brought up and airdropped to holders created by the artist named Gremlin, who you may know for the um, Toads project or the Crypt Toads. Very famous um, pixel-based artist, very well-known, very well-respected. That airdrop flew almost immediately to a 3 ETH floor. So already creating tremendous value for Moonbirds holders, but potentially becoming an expansion into the Moonbirds and Proof ecosystem. That's just the start. From there, you now have this massive movement into Freemans, like OSF's Wrecked Guy, and of course, who could possibly overlook Goblin Town? 
both have garnered massive support over the course of the last week to the point where we were having on Twitter spaces 1,600 person rooms of people literally just talking in goblin grunting. It reminds me so much of back when we had pudgy penguins at the very beginning of the NFT bull cycle in early 2021, where people were so closely identifying with their profile pictures that it started to show almost the most childish possible side of NFTs. And this to me, I think is a lot more... It's more so a calling to how people are hurting. The fun saying that we like to go with in the world of crypto is when things crash, all of the prices go down to Goblin Town. And I have to admit, I've said it once or twice, and I think that it's more or less just part of the culture of NFTs and crypto at this point. But I personally believe that this is just another phase. Another observation that I personally had from this was that they're really trying to push the fact that this is going to be a community-led initiative and that this is going to be a project that is largely supported and maintained by the community. And that really was reminiscent to me of the Loot Project and all of those community-based NFTs that were dropped that were just black screens with white text on them explaining what was in a specific loot crate. It rubs me the wrong way. However, I will say that on the other hand, you have OSF's Wrecked Guy project. Wrecked Guy is a glitch art project, kind of like Xcopy if you're familiar with it. And I think this artwork actually is pretty compelling in terms of like how we have this meme culture of like, okay, well, when the market's down, we're wrecked. And this is how we all handle our issues. Well, I think that Wreck Guy speaks to that a whole lot better than Goblin Town does. But again, I could be wrong in the long run. Please do your research if you're at all interested in any of these. But that's because right now, they're trading at a massive premium when you consider that they were made available through free mints, right? You could just go up to their website and mint these NFTs for free. And now Goblin Town is trading above 2 Ethereum at its floor. It's tremendous to see what they're doing. And I'm not trying to downplay that. There was a big money-making opportunity here. But you have to be ahead of the game. And over time, we've told you that with free mints, you need to be really careful. Because a lot of them can actually become scams. And they can, instead of just giving you an NFT for free, they can wipe your wallet. They can pull every single asset you have in your wallet away from you. So you have to be you know, really trusting of the contract that you're interacting with before you actually dive in. So it's worth keeping in mind, at least for the future, that Freemans could present an opportunity, but there is a tremendous amount of risk there. The last piece of this whole idea that there are trends defying the down market is twofold. You have collaborations that are just seeming to come out of the woodwork. And the big one last week was LinksDAO. Now, of course, that is the DAO that has decided they want to offer memberships that will together come together to own a golf course. Well, they decided to formalize a partnership deal with Callaway, which is one of the biggest brands in all of golf. 
I'm really bullish on the partnership. I think it's got a really good set of perks built in that provide a tremendous amount of value for each of those um, linked out NFT holders. But you also had Hublot announcing a super limited collab with Takashi Murakami, who is behind Murakami Flowers. These two partnerships, I think, are a beginning of a larger trend, and you need to be aware of it. The reason I say that is because a lot of these projects that have started to fly under the radar because of this certain slide in the NFT market, like LinksDAO, like Murakami Flowers, because by tradition, like they're offering limited utility. If you see a project right now that is, quote unquote, not super strong in their utility, they're in build mode. They're right now trying to formalize partnership deals. They're trying to formalize the next level of utility for their project. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that later on this month at NFT NYC. So if you're planning on being in New York for NFT NYC, both Richard and I will be there. Please get in touch with us on Twitter. You can follow me at Steve Miller underscore PHX, or you can follow him at Richard Carthon. Get in touch. We would love to meet you there. And we'll have a little bit more of a discussion later on about more partnerships and utility coming to NFTs in the near future. Our next piece of news comes from Super Rare. Now, Super Rare is known for being the leading marketplace for one of one artwork, especially in the NFT world. They've officially started rolling with their Super Trans exhibit on June 3rd to showcase transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming artists redefining the boundaries of their craft. Now, I will be the first person to admit there's a ton of words going on there, and I just want to be very, very clear. If I mispronounced, I apologize. Um, if you can't tell, we're quite a bit into this episode, and talking on my own is not my best. Um, forte. But the long and the short of this piece of news is that we are now starting to see a higher degree of inclusivity in the space. And a lot more players like Super Rare coming out and saying, we want to be a catalyst for this change. I am super bullish on NFTs long term. I'm very bullish on the metaverse. But if we want either of them to really succeed, to really go the distance, it's going to have to be inclusive. And we're going to have to be very vocal about how we want to involve more people of different backgrounds, whether it's by way of your gender identity, your sexual identity, your racial identity. We want to make sure that there is not just diversity in the space, but there's equity and inclusion. So to me, I think this is really, really fantastic news. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of it on June 3rd. Um, and that of course, I believe is this Friday. So make sure that you head over to superrare.com and check that out. And one of our final pieces this week comes from the Iokin NFT marketplace. Now, Iokin, you may not you know, be totally aware of yet because they're just starting to make a name for themselves. They officially closed a $1.4 million round to showcase NFTs from African and international artists. Not a secret that a lot of the NFT art world right now is still based inside of the United States. And we're hoping to see that start to change. Not that we want those artists to leave this space, but we want to start being able to see more artists from around the world and allow them to get access to this fantastic technology so they can have access to these more global markets and get their art seen by collectors all around the world. 
it's a game changing technology for people like them. So I love the fact that this news is coming out and that they're really focused on serving African and international artists. In our final piece of news this week, love, death, and robots. I was, I was really curious if we were going to end up talking about this on the show and the production crew decided that it had to make the cut. Love, Death, and Robots is a show on Netflix that has been around for a couple seasons and they are officially back for, with a brand new season that has an integrated NFT scavenger hunt. I didn't think that we would be seeing NFTs play into a Netflix series this fast but I had a feeling this was going to be the exact way that they integrated it. Essentially, if you watch the show and you look around and you do a little bit of digging, you'll find that there are QR codes hidden throughout the series. By scanning those QR codes, you're immediately brought to a claim page where you can claim an NFT associated with specific artwork made for the show. How cool is that? To me, I think that's... Such a fantastic fan activation that any of these television brands can immediately start integrating. And it's so simple. You just need to flash the QR up on the screen. We saw this happen at the Super Bowl with Coinbase. But if we start to get more and more brands involved, brand activations can start to become a lot more organic and authentic as opposed to just forced, like in a traditional commercial. So I'm really excited about this. It's a free giveaway to anybody who can find the QR codes. It's not like these NFTs are selling at a massive premium. But from what I understand, you find it, collect the NFTs. And I would have to imagine by the end of it, if you can collect all nine, there's probably going to be some bigger prize that they're going to airdrop to everybody who, was, who managed to collect all of them. So I would get after that one for sure. But that's going to wrap up last week in the metaverse. So guys, it's a little bit shorter of an edition of the Aftershock this week, but I appreciate you coming out and checking it out. We, of course, have a lot of great content here at CryptoCurrent, and we hope that you will check out a little bit more of it. We have brand new interviews Monday and Friday. This Friday, we actually have an old friend coming on the show, Georgie Kazardzi from Orox, here to talk about some of the next-gen trading tools that are available to you out there, specifically on the Orox Orox trading platform. Think of it as like the Bloomberg terminal of crypto. And then of course, we also have a ton of editorial content available over on crypto-current.co. So again, I have been Stephen Miller. I hope that you'll join us next week for another edition of the Aftershock where I'll be joined by my co-host, Richard Carthon. And what else do I have for you this week? I feel like there was one other thing. Oh, that's it. There's a lot going on in the space right now. Suffice to say, it is a rough time to be a crypto investor. A lot of us are right now down in our portfolios, and it can hurt. Take the time to educate yourself. Take time to educate others. And be rest assured that there will be another day. It will bounce back. If there's one thing that I've learned in my time in crypto is that the times when the market goes down is the time to be learning and it's the time to be building. So try to build a little bit better of a knowledge base for yourself into the next bull run so that you can make sure that you're protecting your assets when the market turns a little bit to the downside.
But that's all I've got this week for you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this show. Again, please remember to subscribe and follow the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Make sure you like the show over on YouTube. Leave us a review on podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And that's going to do it for this week. So please rejoin us again next week. And until then, stay cryptocurrent. We'll catch you guys later. Bye.